0: Argano in the morning. Martinez and Mays Midday. Missinelli Afternoon. And Philly's best sports talk, period. This is 97.5 The Fanatic. WPE and Burlington, Philadelphia. A Beasley Media Group Station. Broadcasting from the Xfinity Studios. Only from Comcast. Alright, I have a plea out there because I have to go three more hours and if I can get just 80% of the performance that I got from Pat Egan, who's producing this show, in the first hour. If I can cut and paste that over the next three, then I'll walk away a happy man. But that can't happen if he's distracted by the guys doing construction on 17th and Market. Let him be! Let him breathe! He's doing a good job! I need him! Eight Shannon with you till 4 o'clock. Bob McNair's comments, a firestorm, of course. It's not an isolated issue. It's not about what he said. And this is the thing is... Jeff Mosher hanging out with me in the first hour, and we said explicitly a bunch of times, stop focusing on what he said and start focusing on what he meant. And the last call, as much as we disagreed, I think we were starting to get to the crux of the issue, which is some people still don't look at the lack of guaranteed contracts as anything but control. And that is the door that opens up, which is control. Then you can look at anything that follows under that tree of control. If it's just economic, if it's something bigger, if it's more of a reflection about color relations in this country, whatever socioeconomic relations, in the, whatever it may be, it starts and ends for me with control, not fear of injury which you can get around via insurance and other protections that you can have established in a CBA. Personally, I would think, based on my limited experiences with it, it's more about control here. And it's more about owners looking at other leagues and thinking, you know what? I want to have the right to say what I can say, both publicly, more so behind closed doors. To where if a Donald Sterling or something pops up, and this is nowhere near that, and I am not equating it, and I think it's unfortunate if you do. But if something similar like that pops up, it's a lot easier to withstand because no matter what, at the end of the day, these guys work for me. And that's what Bob McNair was saying in that meeting. That's what Daniel Snyder was saying in that meeting. That's what Jerry Jones and every other owner, no matter how much they came out to distance themselves. And I'm not criticizing anybody from distancing themselves away from Bob McNair, what I'm saying is, is that no matter how far they tried to get, at the end of the day, they're all on the same page. At the end of the day, they're all on the same team. You can make that argument for what's going on in D.C., but that's another story for another station. Ryan is next up with eight. A- talk. It's funny, man. People just can't help themselves. What is it, Pat, that they can't help themselves? Is it like they need to get it? I- I'm, f- I'm fascinated by that phenomenon. Is it something just like Twitter? Well cracks me it up. You actually think that's gonna go over the air. Yeah, well Like I, that guy wasted, what, 10, 15 minutes on hold to say one comment that literally me, you, and him are the only people that heard. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. For what? So he can tell his buddies, hey, guess what? I'm gonna be a bigot on a fanatic. Guess what? Just I did it. I, I was a bigot! Congratulations! I the band on. I did it. Will is next up on The Fanatic. Will. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? I'm
1: uh, trying to keep it light, lighthearted because it's a, it's a touchy topic. But um, I appreciate you guys for even tackling on this kind of stuff, man. You, you guys are heroes. You're so courageous. And uh, most people nowadays, no matter what the color is, they don't. Really, a lot of people get uncomfortable with these subjects, man. And I, and I appreciate and respect y'all guys for
0: that. Well, listen, it's just about having a conversation, and I, I think even in this medium, it's difficult. Well, because I may disagree. I may. What we really need to happen, and I've talked about this before. I'll give you plenty of time. I'm sorry. This is just me in my head. But no what problem. we what we really need to do, and I would love to do this, is to find a community center to find a place of worship, a non denominational, for that night. And bring in as many people who disagree with each other so that we can sit down and that we can just talk. Because that's the only way that even something like this is really going to get fixed. But, you know, we have the opportunity, you, I, and others, to explore this platform. That's why we do it.
1: Exactly. And, and I mean, it got to start somewhere. And, uh, and if you don't even want to talk about it, then to me it's like then you have some hidden things inside that you don't want to deal with. And to me, that that that's that's that hurts. That hurts the process more than people just trying to harm the process. You, you understand? I, um, yeah. Just, so a little background with me: I'm 33, African American. Um, I, I would consider myself well-rounded, diverse. Um, I have a lot of friends, all different diversity. I went to school, went to college with the different, you know, genre people, different ethnic groups, all kinds of stuff. And um, what I realized: my thing as African American. Uh, as a younger guy, we hear a lot of stories about, well, you know, you haven't been through slavery, you know, you're free, as you say. And then they see these athletes, these guys are privileged, these guys, why are they complaining? And then I say to them, well, so you agree that there's a such thing called privilege. You can agree that someone can be privileged. So when I, then when we say the word, you know, I hate to use the term, but white privilege or whatever privilege you know bourgeois whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it when we speak about those terminology and privilege no one sees that uh no it's not privilege it's equal playing ground there's you know so so people already have biases and, and and fallacies that when they come to a conversation so that's kind of hard to have conversations with people when they already have a solid you know ground foundation just as much as i was raised african-american i was raised conscious i know my history there's people White people who've been raised to feel as though they're superior. And my thing is, I don't blame them. I don't hate a person for how they were raised. I don't hate a person because he was raised that way. He was raised to hate. I understand. But we have to find a way to communicate. And my thing is this. We have to deal with the truth. And the truth is that I know I have white friends. We can have these conversations because we have honesty. Listen, uh, Will, man, I grew up. I don't have too many black friends. You know, I didn't know how to even interact with black people. I can respect that. Do you know why? Here's my co- – now we can communicate. Well, here's my thing. Well, I'm an African-American. I have been around white people. And so now we have – I have a different perspective, a better perspective than he does, and he's sitting and willing to listen because he's interested because he cares. Yeah, yeah, now, I understand that. I don't know that. how you
0: do that. No, now, I don't
1: I- know how you get someone to care. Sorry. No, no, know.
0: no. I- you're you're right, well, I Listen, that's a great phone call, and I appreciate you sharing your own personal experiences. I, and to answer your question – about getting people to care, it's something that I've been struggling with for years. And it's beyond me being on the radio. It's when something is important enough for me to bring up. I didn't bring up Bob McNair's comments because of what he said. I brought up Bob McNair's comments because it's more about the deeper issue that's impacting me. And it's it could be Sunday mornings with Lauren on Fox twenty nine, which we bring up social issues that intertwine with sports. It can be on the radio here with you. It can be out and about Friday, Saturday night, whatever it may be. But I care more about why Colin Kaepernick started his protest. I care more about that than the surface conversations that have been happening ever since, both on Twitter and in real life. And you know what, Will? To answer your question, that's the first step is to move away from the distractions because it's no longer what's been said or what's being said that becomes a distraction. It's the reactions to what's being said that maintains the distraction. So you can look at what happened initially in Colin Cap. Look at where we went. We went from an argument where one guy was against what he was seeing on Facebook live and other videos of citizens being shot and ultimately killed by police. So Colin Kaepernick has an issue. Colin Kaepernick expressed that issue. And this is not about Colin Kaepernick. This is setting something up. And now we have gotten to the point in which we are so far removed from the issue that caused the man to then act that we would focus on Jamel Hill, that we would focus on Donald Trump, that we would focus on Bob McNair. And it's either a distraction or a movement that's been co-opted. But either way, either way you look at it, something has been derailed. So we can't have long form, long winded conversations about the origins because we are so far removed from the origin. We are so far removed from what caused this discussion, from what caused this controversy in the first place. Instead, we conveniently, because it's much easier to just wait for Twitter or the news or your neighbor to tell you what, or your TV to tell you what to react to, than to actually go out there and put one and one and one together to make three, which is owners like Bob McNair and everybody else that owns a football team has a very unique, peculiar situation going on right now in which they have the players by the balls and no owner is going to willingly give that unique level of control up. And you know what? There are plenty of people that don't play in the NFL that are worthy of, of sympathy because of the plight in which they're going through. Many who look. Like players in the NFL, mind you. And yes, I understand that the majority of people that may be listening either here in Philadelphia or around the stream in the country are thinking, well, look at my neighborhood. Or I've got friends who've got terrible situations and nobody gives a damn about them. The reality is, is again, you can't untie the knot by going in this ball of knots by just ripping it out from the center. So you can blame system, you can blame decades, you can blame oppression, you can blame negligence, you can blame convenience, you can blame any term, buzzword you want from now back in the last 100, 150 years. But the reality is, where we are right now, it's going to take more of a platform. It's going to take somebody who has a following. And it's not just to speak up, but to take a risk. But to take a risk. We had a caller earlier who mentioned with the Cowboys... I think it was Tariq because his phone was a little off. And he was talking about what would have happened if Dak Prescott, if Ezekiel Elliott, if Des Bryant knelt after that mandate which from Jerry Jones. Ain't nobody kneeling on my team. What would have happened? But that's the problem is that we're lost in hypotheticals. The reality is they didn't. The reality is, is it's either Oikos coming calling, it's they know who they work for, or it's a situation where they don't want to step out of line. But bottom line is, it has to do with control. Jerry Jones is in control. LeBron James is in control. You see the difference? Ramsey, next up with Aton Shader in the finale. Ramsey,
2: hey, what's up, Aton? How you doing, bro? Good, buddy. And you? Uh, oh, hey, real quick, man. First, uh, first time listening to the show. But I've listened to you for over the last few years, and you're amazing. You've touched on topics, and I really appreciate how you're, like, very strong in your resolve in a lot of topics, especially topics like this. I just wanted to give you that real fast. Thank you, uh, man.
0: Well, listen, let me just say this. I bring it up so that people like you and others can talk about it and hopefully get your voice out and it can be heard. It's not not for me. It's not self-serving by any means, Ramsey.
2: Oh, either way, whether it's self-serving or not, you, the way you handle it, the way you present it, is very strong, and I respect that. And I just had, wanted to say that off before I go into the Bob McNair situation. Appreciate you, um, Bob McNair. The whole thing about what he said and what you're talking about and what it looks like <laughs> of a crap ton of things. What you said or what he said was, it's like the inmates trying to run the prison. Now I can see how some people how some people can perceive that as a racial comment. Considering the fact that the NFL is what, sixty five percent black and the inmate prisons are sixty five percent black or something along that nature, they're very high numbers in that in that content. So when you're sitting here saying like the inmates trying to run the prison, look at the statistics and see how people can take it that way. But then, at the same time, like you said, it's not about what he said. It's a, it's it's about his actions behind it. His actions of not wanting to relinquish power. Right. At the end of the day, you really have to take a look at both sides of the coin. He said he said something to a bunch of players who majority of the league is African American. And speaking as an African as an African Latino. Um. We, if I heard something like that from somebody who's supposed to be my boss, I feel some type of way. Right. I personally feel, uh, I feel attacked on my racial standpoint, but then at the same time, I'd again have, I'd feel attacked because of the fact that now you're telling me, you own me. Now you're basically telling me in front of the entire world, you own me and you, and I better do what you tell me to do. And so, I could see why you're saying what you're saying, and, and this is and this is the big picture. Nobody should have that feeling of ownership over another human being. This is why this was abolished back in 1865.
0: There was a reason why
2: that nobody should feel this way. But unfortunately, we still live in an age where people who they think they have money now control the people who give them money or who make the money for them.
0: Yeah, I, I think, Ramsey, there's nothing more I can add. That That's a great point that I agree with. And let me take it a step further and bear with me because if you've been with me like Ramsey, you know where I'm going on this will brought up privilege and will brought up privilege from a color standpoint, which I believe exists to whatever extent you want to apply it to. But again, apply what I always love to apply the equation of distraction. If you want to look at the true color of privilege, it's green and it's maintained through distraction but still, you can't have a good distraction. Like, you can't have something that causes people to look left while you're going right unless it sells. Just some stupid little firecracker going off ain't going to keep people's attention. But if there's something grounded in reality, colorism, oppression, that you can distract a population with, then all of a sudden, people who are in the same economic bind, mind you, will look at each other as enemies... And side with the people who are light years away from them in any type of socio-demographic, economic de- demographic, because they've been conditioned to side with people who look and think and talk like them. Not, more importantly, what tax bracket you're in. At Shander Shows, hey, get me on Twitter. 610 975 is the phone number. Coming up. Matt Lombardo, NJ.com, is going to join us at 2. We might be joined by a special guest in studio at 2.30 as well. And I will bring up something that bothered me from a, sports, a local sports standpoint this week. Because on with Anthony in the morning show all week, we took calls about all the things going on and tweets about all the things going on in Philadelphia sports. And there was something that was not talked about nearly enough especially from the people given the opportunity to call and tweet and email and interact with us, what was completely neglected, and it got me upset. I'm going to bring that up in about 10 minutes. Before we get back to the lines, this thing with the Astros, uh, I'm going to butcher it, it's Gorill, right, is over-the-top ridiculous. And again, I mean, we're talking about color sensitivity on a topic that hits home because we have an NFL team that has players on it that are putting money where their mouth is and are trying to be as active as humanly possible as celebrities with their platform. And it's everybody that's doing it. And I know we focus on two and three guys, but there are others that are there as well. And we commend if it's Malcolm Jenkins riding along with police, if it's Chris Long dedicating paychecks, if it's other people going to DC, whatever it may be. So it is something that hits home. And you see this last night with Gorell after homering off of you, Darvish, making the insensitive eyes gesture from the dugout. And again, like this is the, this this can't be ignored. This can't be excused. This can't be brushed under because it's not a typical old white guy like Bob McNair doing something. We have to be at a point in our society where offense is universal more so than picking and choosing. So if you want to establish and get others to listen that your plight and other plights are worthy of discussion, then you have to be open in having that with others as well. You cannot neglect this because it's not your typical Crime of color here, bigotry, whatever you'd like to call it as. And I mean crime in sports, of course, not literally. But this is ridiculous. And I think it's offensive and sick. And I don't know what happens here. I don't know if Rob Man, I don't know if somebody comes down and legislates this. I don't know if he gets fined, if he gets suspended. I don't know what happens, but... I think when you look at baseball and issues that they've had with criticisms in the past, like this is more of an issue to me than retaliation on a home run that you watch or any other of these unwritten rules. This should be way more than just, ah, you know, it's some guy from Cuba doesn't know any better. He was in Japan, for goodness sakes. Jamal is next up on the Fanatic. Jamal.
3: Gentlemen, how are you? We're all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 getting to the point now where I'm, I'm extremely frustrated just based upon uh, some of the callers that are calling in, trying to be more so disrespectful to what the topics are and what they really stand for. Um, and one of the things I appreciate is, is, is the way that your your guys' station is set up, to where you have a delay. I'm not going to repeat what that gentleman said, and I appreciate you guys cutting them off. I think you know what I'm talking about. But Absolutely. long story short, um, with the situation with Bob McNair. It's not just based upon a a racial aspect um, or as far as an ethnicity. Um, Like you said, it's more so from an owner and the way the league is set up, trying to be more so controlling. It's one of the most dangerous sports that we know of. So for you not to have a guaranteed aspect of financial, for them to take care of themselves and their family, um, that's a disgrace, for one, for the most part. The other thing uh, the gentleman said that um, he, 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 he commends Chris Long, Putting his money where his mouth is, uh, but not necessarily Malcolm Jenkins. Well, Malcolm Jenkins does a lot outside. Wait, of did
0: he say that? Did he? S- I, I I missed that. If he said not yeah, necessarily yeah. Malcolm Jenkins.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he said he commends Chris Long because Chris Long gave up his paycheck, but he said because uh, Malcolm Jenkins puts up puts up his fist, but doesn't necessarily put out the money.
0: Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I, I, I you know of- what? Pardon me, Jamal, because I missed that, and I would have been all over that. No problem, no problem, no problem. problem. Well, I apologize to anybody else who might have thought that I let it slide because I honestly did not hear that part.
3: Understandable, not a problem. Hey, listen, you guys do enough, so I appreciate you apologizing, but everybody knows the respect you have overall just for everybody, so I appreciate it. But with that being said, um, I appreciate the the, the platform that the NFL players have. My thing is, unfortunately, I think by the way society is, there's not too much that's going to change. Based on what's going on, I appreciate what they're doing. It brings a lot of um, issues to the light. But with that being said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm I'm extremely religious, and it has to change from within. From, one, the day you're born and how your family raises you, the generation. My family raised me the right way. I, 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 two years ago, I was at a gas station, and about three uh, Caucasian gentlemen rode past in a car and called me the N-word and thought it was funny. That's not funny. I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to drive past me and my buddies and, and call a Caucasian person out of their name. I was raised the right way. Let's get it together. Let's do better. Understand what's going on in the society and get yourselves right.
0: Powerful. Jamal, thank wow. you. I appreciate it. 610-632-0975. We'll keep it going. More of this conversation. I'll also tell you what really upset me from a Philadelphia sports standpoint this past week. But you're getting powerful testimony right there. And for those who called up earlier, there were a couple who were serious, a lot who couldn't handle a serious conversation, and just tried to make jokes they thought were funny, the majority of us not. I don't know how you can argue with a testimony like that and understand that there are people who feel that way based off experience. You don't lose any of your own manhood. You don't lose any of your own citizenship. You don't lose any of your own adulthood by, at the very least, Recognizing that, eight ton shander till four on the fanatic.